Well, hey, good morning, Valley Real Life. How's everybody doing this morning? Man. Hey, I am so excited to be here with you this morning, this Sunday, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, and I know that there is so much to be thankful for, and you know, I am thankful for this place called Valley Real Life. I'm thankful to be sharing with you this morning. You know, I was going to say something about the Cougars um, and the Apple Cup, but maybe we could say that next year or the year after, or maybe the year after or something like that. <laughs> You know, it was, it, was, it was funny, a few weeks ago, I was sharing with my sister that I was going to be preaching on December 1st, and she said, well, hey, what are you going to be preaching on? And I said, well, I'm going to be preaching on judging others. And she said, oh, I don't need to be there for that one. And I'm guessing that many of us may think that same way, that we may not need to be here for this one either. Um, but you know, we have been in this sermon series called The Why Behind the What, and it's where Jesus has been going around and he's been sharing about the kingdom of God and the good news. And it all starts in Matthew 4, 23, where it says, uh, where Jesus says, Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news of the kingdom of God. And in the following three chapters, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Jesus uh, shares with us what is known as the Sermon on the Mount. And during this sermon, which probably took several days, Jesus teaches us many valuable things. He teaches us what matters most in our life is faithful obedience from the heart. He teaches us that our lives should represent salt and light in the world and that we should let our light shine before others so they may see our good deeds and glorify our Father in heaven. He also uh, teaches us some things that are kind of tough to hear, uh, like anger and lust, divorce, and loving our enemies. He goes on to, to teach us about fasting, prayer, and money. But this week, as you saw on the screen, he's teaching us about judging others. And this is the topic that many of us may not think applies to us. But if we really stop and think about it, we have all judged and we all judge others. Now looking for 100% participation, who has, who has judged somebody? All right, who has ever judged somebody incorrectly? And I see some of you guys elbowing your, your spouse next to you, that's so true. Um, you know, but we all have judged and we all have judged wrongly, but really the only person who has the right to judge is God. James 4.12 says, God alone who gave the law is the judge. He alone has the power to save or destroy. So what right do we have to judge our neighbor? And that's pretty clear. I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't have the power to send somebody to heaven or to hell. So who am I to be the judge. Psalm 75, 7 says, it is God alone who judges. He decides who will rise and who will fall. Many times in our lives, we judge because we want someone else, uh, we want someone else to fall or we want to elevate ourselves to a better position. But God is the one who decides who will rise and who will fall. But Jesus has given us a path and a plan for judgment and accountability that's good, healthy, and right when we're talking about judging. And it's found in Matthew chapter seven, verse one through six. And as we look at Matthew chapter seven this morning, I wanna look at it through the lens of Matthew 6.33, which Ryan talked about last week. And Matthew 6.33 is, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Seek him with all of your strength and all of your might. Everything that you have, all of your desire, everything that you're clinging to should be seeking him first. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and he will give you 
everything that you need, which means that seeking his kingdom should be the number one priority in our lives. Seeking his kingdom should be the number one priority in our lives. You see, when we seek his kingdom in our lives, it gives us a different perspective. All of a sudden, the things that were so valuable to us, the things that were so important to us don't mean as much anymore. And our eyes are fixed on something eternal, something that has an everlasting impact. And as I share this sermon with you this morning, I want, I want us to see it through that lens and that perspective. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And I believe if we look at what Jesus said about judging others and, and keep this eternal perspective in our mind, in the forefront of our minds, as we seek the kingdom of God first, I really think that we will look at judging others differently than we ever have in the past. And so I want to read with you Matthew chapter 7, uh, verse 1 through 6. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to Matthew chapter 7. Um, if you have your smartphone on the YouVersion Bible app, or we have Bibles in the back, it's our gift to you. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see the log in your own eye? Hypocrite, first get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to the pigs. They will trample the pearls, then turn and attack you. You see, in this scripture, Jesus is reminding us that we need to take an inner look at ourselves, an inner look at our own hearts, before we pass judgments on to someone else. He reminds us that we can never judge another without first judging ourselves. And I think that he reminds us of this so that we may remain humble. How easy is it for us to judge someone else's past and say, oh, I'm a better person than them or I've never done those kinds of things in my life. And all of a sudden, pride starts to well up in our heart. And scripture says in, in Proverbs 16, 18, that pride comes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. You see, if we're gonna judge someone, wouldn't it be better to be judging them as a co-sinner or equally fallen person? If we're gonna judge someone, wouldn't it be better to judge them as a co-sinner or equally fallen person? Because scripture says in Romans 3.23, for everyone has sinned and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. So who are we? if we all fall short to make a judgment. You know, a, pri a Chinese proverb says, do not remove a fly from your friend's forehead with a hatchet. <laughs> and obviously the person with that kind of recipient, uh, that kind of suffers greatly. But moving this illustration into judging others shows just how damaging our judgments of others can be. And the repercussions in our own lives can be even more damaging. We need to realize that God is the judge and are laying into people and condemning them with, with harshness as if we know their motives is wrong. You know, it, re it reminds me of, of my wife and I and before we had kids. And you ever been on an airplane with that screaming baby or, or, or maybe in the grocery store when a child is throwing a tantrum wanting to get a piece of candy? You know, before I had kids, I would be a little bit um, critical or judgmental of, of these people thinking that it was maybe a lack of parenting. But after having kids of my own, God gave me a much different 
perspective. He, he gave me a, a great perspective and, and I had the opportunity to be on the receiving end of, of some of these judgments and we all have been there. And through my kids, God gave me the ability to see the truth and it's not a lack of parenting, it's just parenting. Isn't that true? And parenting's tough. But if we're judging someone in a way that is malicious or critical and condemning without knowing the full truth, we are sinning, and, and everybody knows what sin is, but Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And you know what else I know? That sin always leads to separation. Separation in relationships and separation from God. We don't need to post our judgments on social media or, or slander the person to others. What we need to do is approach these people in humility. We need to take a look at what, at what Jesus did and maybe approach these people the same way he did. You know, when Jesus saw Zacchaeus, the tax collector who was cheating people, he didn't condemn him and push him away, but instead Jesus went into relationship with him. He said, no, I'm going to your house today. And he won him back to righteousness. Or what about the adulterous woman? As many were judging her and about to stone her, Jesus didn't condemn her. He stepped in relationship with her and he won her back to righteousness. And so for us, we don't need to condemn a sinner. What we need to do is step into relationship with that person and win them back to righteousness. You see, our only goal when we are judging someone is to win them back to righteousness. Our only goal when we're judging someone is to win them back to righteousness. And I don't know why we miss this so often. We want to make, make ourselves feel better, show that our journey has been on a better path. And we miss that our only goal when judging someone is to win them back to righteousness. Many times when we judge, it's out of a selfishness of our own heart. You know, um, about a year ago, I was praying for God to really speak, in, speak to me. I just wanted to hear him speak. And I was leaving church here and I was heading home and I drove north on Barker and I turned right on Appleway and I was heading towards Liberty Lake. And as I drove down about a mile, there was a car blocking the slow lane. And all the other cars were swerving around this car. And so I did what every good Christian man did. I swerved around it too. And, 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 but right at that moment, I, I saw this, this lady sitting in the car and it looked like she was on her phone. And so I didn't think anything of it. But right in that moment, God spoke to me and he said, Adam, turn around, go help this woman. And, and then I had one of those moments of, was that really God or was that really just me? And, and, so, and so I continued driving. And when I got to about um, the, the fire station there, God put on my heart um, the story of the Good Samaritan. And so I was like, oh man, like a dagger. And so I pulled in there and I, and I turned around and I went back and I pulled in behind this lady and I got out and I got out and I approached this vehicle. And as I approached this, this woman sitting in the car, she was soaking wet and she, she was non-responsive and she was holding her phone. And I was trying to ask her her name, but, but she couldn't even say her name, but she made this slight movement with her phone. And so I grabbed her phone and to my surprise, there was a guy in extreme panic on the other end. He said, hey, call 911, get her some sugar. She's highly diabetic, hurry. God must've known that I of all people would have had some sugar in my car, <laughs> praise the Lord. And so, and so I ran back to my car and I grabbed a bag of Skittles 
it was one of those moments when I was trying to quit, but I was, but I, I grabbed this bag of Skittles and I ran back up to her car. And as I'm on the phone with 911, I'm feeding her one Skittle at a time. But as I'm speak, as I'm feeding her, this other lady pulls up and, and she stops and she starts honking. And I'm, I'm trying to tell the lady, I'm on the phone with 911. There's a lady here, but she honks and she's waving her arms and she's frustrated that her lane is blocked. You see, this lady didn't know the whole situation. And, and shortly after, this lady ends up accelerating as in, as in, very angry and I kind of jump in because she is very close to where I am and I continued feeding the lady Skittles. Eventually the ambulances showed up and um, you know, her son showed up and he goes, Adam, you were like an angel that day. And, and it was an amazing story because her mom started to come to after the sugar and it was pretty amazing. But, but out of this story, what I want to focus on real quickly is the woman who was honking her horn at me. You see this woman um, was honking her horn and she, the only thing that she saw was a man leaning in the window talking on the phone. She had no idea that there was a lady in this vehicle with an immediate need. All she could see was that her lane was blocked. This lady was judging the situation without knowing the full truth. And I think that she would have acted differently, reacted differently if the ambulances and fire trucks were there, but they hadn't arrived yet. And conclusions were drawn before knowing the whole truth. How often in life do we draw conclusions and we judge someone before we know the whole truth? And I want you to know that I have been the lady in the car honking my horn in life, judging someone before I knew the whole truth. You ever been there? You ever been there? Jesus says, first take the log out of your own eye. First judge yourself. See where your heart is so we can actually make a, a sound, clear judgment of someone else. So our only goal when we are judging someone is to win that person back to righteousness. And instead of judging, God says to pray and his peace will guard your heart. Instead of judging, God says to pray and his peace will guard your heart. You know, I had um, an amazing opportunity this year um, back in March to, to visit John and Hannah Bagalawas from the Philippines, who, who you got to hear preach back in August. And there were so many wonderful things that I learned on this trip to the Philippines. Besides learning so much about God and relationships and really developing a passion to see the gospel spread around the world, I had an opportunity to learn about space. And, and I don't mean outer space, I mean free space, kind of like, like your space bubble, like, like, like where people are not. And, and you know, um, what I learned about space in the Philippines is that if there is an open space, it's anybody's space. Meaning, meaning that in America, when somebody's car gets too close to our car, or maybe their car is even just pointing the wrong direction, we kind of give them a dirty look and we think, well, how could you even think about being in my space? But really that's open space. That's actually anybody's space. <clears throat> and we were driving on this bus to the, in the Philippines and, and I literally could have reached my arm out of my window in the bus that I was in and put my arm around somebody else in the bus next to me. <laughs> the buses were literally inches from one another and without judgment. 
Because if it was open space, it was anyone's space. But this bus that we were on, it was a, it was a party bus. And I really thought that, that I could try to explain this bus, but I had a video from my trip to the Philippines and I wanna share that with you now. Go ahead and take a look at the screen. I, I just had to show you guys how we go on mission trips. You know what I mean? First off, you know, we can't judge uh, Dan and his guitar playing in that video. That would, that would not be winning him back to righteousness. But, 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 you know, we can laugh along with him at his singing. You know, but I, but I want you to know that we were on this bus for 11 straight hours traveling from Manila to Baguio. And sometimes during this long journey, I felt as if I was going to die on this bus ride. For instance, as we were going up these long, up or down these long curvy hills, this, this bus driver seemed as if he was more concerned about adjusting the sound on the karaoke machine than watching the road. And the first time that I saw him doing this, I was in absolute shock. <clears throat> the next time I wanted to be very judgmental. But finally, I just realized that I need to just pray to God for our safety. Before you've had the chance to judge someone, have you had the opportunity to pray and seek God's will in that situation? Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, don't worry about anything, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So our only goal when we are judging someone is to win them back to righteousness. And instead of judging, God says to pray and his peace will guard your heart. And last, we wanna point people to scripture with words that minister grace. We wanna point people to scripture with words that minister grace. We're supposed to speak words that minister grace to one another. Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. See, this scripture helps us to take a look at our own lives first, see what is wrong, what is going on with us. And you know what I noticed in the scripture? It says that it, meaning scripture, corrects us when we are wrong. It, meaning scripture, teaches us to do what is right. So maybe we're supposed to speak words that minister grace and point people to God's word instead of judging one another. You see, when we try to fix someone, it usually comes across as judgmental. But when we point people to scripture with words that minister grace, God prepares and equips his people to do every good work. And then we can sit back and watch God do his amazing work and the Holy Spirit to work in and through people. 
Sometimes you'll have somebody look at this scripture in Matthew 7. It's one of, the, one of the most misunderstood scriptures. You'll have somebody look at Matthew chapter 7 and say, don't judge me. Take the log out of your own eye. But if we're winning that person back to righteousness and we're praying and seeking God's wisdom and we are at peace with ourselves, then we can point people to scripture with words that minister grace. We can share with people that I am not judging you. I love you but I want restoration for your life. And God's word is actually judging your actions and the things that you are doing. I'm not judging you. I want restoration in your life. So I'm trying to point you to scripture because God's word is judging your actions. There's a place called Celebrate Recovery on Monday nights. Every single Monday night we have Celebrate Recovery. And this is a place that no matter, no matter what you're going through, no matter how ugly your past, no matter what situation you're in, you will not be judged. Because the people there are all going through something. It's a place that you will be loved for who God says that you are, not the things that you've done. And on December 16th, we're having our third annual Nail It to the Cross night right here at Valley Real Life, right in the auditorium here. And we're gonna be nailing all of our burdens, our hurts, our habits, our hangups, whatever we're walking through to the cross. And we wanna invite every single one of you guys because I know that we all have something that we need to nail, that we need to give to the Lord. And we need to say, no, Lord, I give this to you. And that's December 16th at 7 p.m. right here in the auditorium. You know, it's refreshing to me that as I walk through those same doors, years ago here at Valley Real Life, struggling with addiction, depression, and self-hatred, that I was met with non-judgmental people who loved me for, we, for me. And that is why I absolutely love this place called Valley Real Life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, yeah, you can clap for that. On this first day of December, you know, um, with Christmas fast approaching, there's one other story that I would just love to share with you guys. You know, there's a man named Joseph and there was a lady named Mary and these two were engaged to be married. But before their marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiance, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. But as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit and she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel commanded and he took Mary to be his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born and Joseph named him Jesus. How would you like to be Mary and Joseph in this situation? What would it feel like to come home and tell your parents that you were pregnant by the Holy Spirit? <laughs> that you and Joseph had never had sex, but you were carrying this baby. What would the judgment have been like? Think about Mary and Joseph. There were no cell phones or social media, but I bet it was the fastest spreading rumor. And what about Joseph's buddies? What do you think they were saying to him? They had to be saying, hey, hey, Joseph, either, either you're lying to us or Mary's cheating on you, but either way, she's pregnant and you're not telling the truth. Think about Joseph's heart before the spirit, before the angel had approached him. He was judging Mary. He was gonna break off the engagement quietly. 
You see, Joseph himself was jumping to conclusions before he knew the whole truth. Here, the savior of the world was put into motion and there was judgment. The king of kings was entering into our world and there was judgment. But doesn't it feel good when we know the truth and no matter what, no matter what the judgment, and it feels even more amazing when the truth is finally revealed and maybe even revealed to the ones who've been judging us. You know, I remember when I was five or six years old, I used to steal this, another candy story. I, I <laughs> would steal this gum from my mom's drawer. And, and um, there was this one time though where she approached me and she said, Adam, I, I have this, this, these three pieces of gum that are missing from my drawer. And at this moment, I had not stolen the gum from her drawer, but she knew that I would take them. And so she continued to question me about this. And, and eventually, after I kept denying it, I was given a consequence. But about three weeks later, my mom approached me and said, Adam, I have to apologize for blaming you for taking the gum. I had put the gum in a safe place and I had forgotten where I put it and I thought that you had taken it. This was, this was one of the best days of my life because my mom ended up giving me those three pieces of gum. But it was also a great day in my life because the judgment that was made had finally met the truth. You see, when Jesus was born, the King of Kings entered into this world. Our Savior made his debut and all the judgments were met with the truth that day. And Jesus would go on to be wrongly judged and he would die for you and for me. It's the greatest story ever told. That a savior would come into this world, would know what it feels like to be judged and ultimately judged wrongly to his death. But the truth of that judgment would ultimately show through three days later when Jesus rose from the dead, amen? And oh, how great it is when the truth of judgments are revealed. And in your life, the truth about you is this, that no matter how much you've judged, no matter how much you judge yourself, you're valued, you're loved, and you are cared for deeper than you will ever know by a father who knows the absolute truth. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. God, and I pray, Lord, that if anybody has felt a tug on their heart this morning to get to know you better, Lord, maybe they have judged themselves. God, maybe they wanna get to know you more. Lord, I pray in just a few moments that they would approach the cross and walk over and step out in faith. God, I pray that, that the people in this room would hear this message and Lord, instead of being condemners, Lord, we would be relationship builders. Father, that our community would be changed because we've decided that we're gonna build relationships instead of judge people. Father, I thank you for allowing me to share this message this morning. And God, I pray that every single one of our hearts would be touched by something that you've given them. Lord, we love you and give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.